1: Hey! Hey! What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh! Hey, welcome back to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Patton Oswald. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh, we have such an amazing show. We have a guest who we'll get to in a second, but I cannot deny the fact that Meredith and I are hot and buzzing and bubbling off of our weekend at South by Southwest. We returned last night, and oh, good God, the journey we had. Now, you remember a couple of weeks weeks ago, uh, she and I went to Arizona uh, over the weekend. And, and before
0: we got there, I said, yeah. oh, this will be fun We and never do anything. This will be a nice little trip and uh, maybe well, we'll have something to talk about for our podcast. And then you said.
1: The only stuff that you'll have to talk about is if something goes wrong. And then right. luckily at the very last minute. Something, something went, went wrong. wrong. Well, uh, I guess the universe or Cthulhu or whatever <laughs> runs this, this reality we're in. Um, heard what we said that weekend, and they decided to kick it off right from the get-go with problems, problems, problems. We flew to Austin, and uh, and young Meredith uh, had a bit of a life crisis. Well, Do you want to talk about it, or should I? Well,
0: I just would like to say that you are in your cast, you broke your foot, and mm-hmm. you've been in a cast. And at the doctor's office, they said, you know, being in a cast, you could very well get a blood clot right. on an airplane. Move around. So move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So of course, take a
1: baby aspirin.
0: Take a baby aspirin. So this is in the back of my mind. And like two days before we had to get on the flight, I'm like feeling something weird in the back of my leg. And I'm like, <sighs> is that a blood clot? Do I have a blood clot? And then the morning that we had to leave was super early in the morning, like 6 a.m. And our flight, we had to le- and I was like, I think I have a blood clot. And everybody's like, you need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, I, I'm getting on a plane. Don't get on a plane. A plane will make it worse. And then I was like, we have to go. We have to go. So we finally get on the plane. We're oh, in the God. plane. And I'm literally, I said to the, like, stewardess people, she... I was like, can I can I stand in your little area? And I'm literally doing ballet. I'm like yeah. plies and releves and I'm marching in place and I didn't sit down the entire flight and, some, and I'm stretching and like people... And, are looking at me, and I'm like, oh, no, I think I have a blood clot. Like, And, never, and then we went to the emergency room. Well, by the
1: way, can we just please, for one second, yes, you thought you had a blood clot. Also, during the flight, I mean, you were crying. You were <laughs> writing, you were leaving, you were writing memos to our daughter about the kind of person you want her to grow up to be. Uh, she, at one point, she was asking me, have you decided where you want to be buried because oh. I know that you're I know that Michelle is buried in this one place now do you want to be with her or do you want to be with me let me I'm like I'm going to a film fest I I didn't <laughs> I think I had to make this decision on the plane. I
0: said, I wrote oh to Alice. Oh, my God. So on the plane, I, I really did think I was going to die. Like, no joke, I thought I was going to die. And I sent a text to Alice. You mean everything to me. My hope for you is you're the happiest you can be while being your We're- best self. There will always be ups and downs. Life changes constantly. Don't let any downtimes make you think it'll be like that forever. There's love and joy to be had. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like an hour long. And then at the end of it, and I said, I just love you so much. I love you endlessly. Your sweet little face with your big, beautiful eyes and your little freckles. And then I, and then I thought, oh, God. She's going to think I'm going to die. So I wrote, see you Monday. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of it, I didn't want to scare her. And then I was like, I'll see you Monday, probably 7 p.m.
1: Meanwhile, I'm sitting behind her. I'm trying to – I'm very – Um, task-focused, which is we need to land. I need to get her to an urgent care or an ER. So I'm being very unemotional and kind of robotic. Like, um, it's united. Do you want a chicken sandwich or a tomato sandwich? I would like a chicken sandwich. I will need the protein and carbs to keep me alert to do this task. Like, I just got so robotic. Then we land – Rush to an urgent care in Austin. Emergency which may I f-
0: room, not urgent care. Remember, oh, It was the, an emergency room? It was an emergency... Because the urgent care people were like, if it's a blood clot, she's oh, going go to need blood an tests. and We won't have time to do that for her, so go to emergency so room. So first,
1: let me say... This is the nicest emergency room I've ever been in. It was in. like the Burbank airport, but gorgeous. better because so it was empty
0: and clean and perfect. And we had like the cutest doctor. He was like McDreamy. But I was like, he said, I want a Very
1: cute Texas doctor.
0: And then I said to him, um, he's like, I know you're in a lot of pain, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do an ultrasound. Da, da, da. Do you want a steroid shot? or a? And I was like, is it going to hurt? I was like, does it hurt as much as a COVID shot? Because I can handle the COVID shot. And he goes, I wouldn't know. And it was like I wouldn't know. And I was like you wouldn't know. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're that you're you're a doctor. And he, then
1: this way of going uh eh, nah, uh-uh. So
0: nobody in Texas wore a mask, everybody Nobody.
1: There's so, no there's no point in even being angry about it. No anyway, one's wearing it.
0: Long story short, they did an ultrasound, I don't have a blood clot and it's probably a pinched nerve and um all that for nothing, but I really did think I was going to die.
1: <sighs> then we get to our hotel. Our hotel uh, was, was under construction. They were deciding to renovate it. Um, so to save money during South by Southwest, they cut their staff in half. So when we would call down to get room there's service. There's no room service. By the way, well, there was, quote, unquote, a form of room service. And it was a girl named Anna. Because every time you would call down, they will go, well, Anna is bringing some stuff. It was one person serving an entire no, hotel. No, they said to
0: me, there's no room service. If you want something, you have to come down and get it. But you know what it was? It was all that prepackaged stuff right. that you get at like a... A Seven Eleven, basically. Oh,
1: yes. Right. The first day you and did have to go so down gross. and get it.
0: It was disgusting. But the
1: second day they, they were kind of crowing about how we've got room service now. And then that turned into, oh, it's Anna. And it was this one girl. And I remember I she came up, brought me a pot of hot water for my tea at one point, And I talked to her. I was like, what is going on? She's like, well. And the same thing to one of the, this really nice bellman that I talked to he said, we just can't keep people here. People hate working here, so I keep losing staff. So I'm the only one. So I'm just bringing food to people's rooms. So when you would order food, your food would come in an hour, and it would be ice, ice cold. cold. It just like,
0: and then they oh. brought I, all I want in the morning. I just wanted a coffee, and they brought up a coffee, but they didn't bring like milk and sugar or no. anything like that. And the
1: coffee was cold.
0: And the coffee was cold. And then we called down and said, "Hey, can you bring up milk and sugar?" And then that came an hour later. And then we said, "Well." Now the coffee is literally, like, disgusting. Right. Can you bring a new coffee? And they're like, well, we're going to pay, charge you a new coffee. I'm like, but it took two hours. To... Anyway, <laughs> it was a nightmare. And, and we're in
1: the one hotel in Austin that's away from everything. If we have been at any other hotel, we could have, I'll just go down to the street, and to the left will be a coffee shop, a restaurant, like, things I need. Everyone we said to me. We are out in the middle of nowhere. We're at the mercy of Anna. And Anna, <laughs> you cheat. God, she tried so hard. I, Her and um, the one bellman, and I'm blanking on his name, but they were like the two- holdouts trying to keep this hotel running oh so beautiful
0: the funny thing was before we left everybody's like you're going to austin texas you're going to eat the best food ever <laughs> literally there's you will never have a better meal in your life Yep. now granted we pat and i had just done this amazing cleanse oh, i was like look we're going to south by southwest we both have movies premiering there gotta Patton, look good pat had a movie called i love my dad that's premiering there i had a movie called the prank that was premiering there and I was like, let's just do a cleanse and be super happy and great. And the day we had to leave, it was like the there was nothing in the airport. It was like a Jimmy Dean sausage microwave oh God, thing.
1: That's right. Why did you eat
0: that? I don't know because I was starving. And then oh. there was no room service. So, like, the movie people had left us a little basket of that's goods,
1: right.
0: some of which was a pring- Pringles. So I had Pringles.
1: You had Pringles and chocolate.
0: And I had that was cho- your dinner Pringles yep. and chocolate and then right the nec- before
1: the red carpet photos. A big <laughs> thing of Pringles. And then and the chocolate. next
0: day, like we had all these um, press things we had to do, and there was food there, but there wasn't really food there. No, it was sort of junk. like pizza kind yeah, of a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, for four days, I didn't eat anything. Like nothing. I mean, I ate crap. I definitely had Pringles, you ate,
1: but it was all crap. It
0: was all terrible. There was I didn't have a, I didn't sit down at a restaurant. There was no. No- nothing. Then I went to meet a friend. She's like, I'm at a taco place. I was like, great, I'll meet you. I get there. She's sitting with her tacos, and I was like, I'll just run in line and get it. I'll just run up and get a yeah. taco. The line was, like, out the door for 40 yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah. So I just was like, can I have one of your
1: chips? <laughs> and I, like,
0: dunked one of her chips into, like, queso. So for so anyway, I didn't we, eat we, well. We spent
1: the weekend, like, scavenging orphans, basically, until the last night when some friends of ours took mercy on us and took us to a genuinely, not just good restaurant, a genuinely great restaurant. Yeah, it was called that, Commodore. Holy crap. So that was... You know, and I will talk in the coming weeks about um, our movies and that whole experience because right now we are now in the, is it going to be sold or what's going to happen? So I'm being very cagey, but I'm very happy with how the movie that I made came out.
0: Oh, it was so good, you guys. I saw it in the theater. The whole cast was there. um, And I was like very worried because, you know... Patton's in it and he's the star and I'm like, oh God, I hope he's good and I hope he doesn't suck and I hope I don't (laughs) hate him and want to get a divorce. And um, And I play
1: a pretty awful character.
0: But you were so good and I was so pleasantly surprised because, you know, you're such a great actor but everyone thinks like, oh, stand-up comedian, blah, blah, blah. They don't realize like you were in Young Adult and you did the movie Big Fan and then this, you're such a good actor. It's like those people like, you you know, like Robin Williams when he does a – you know you think of him One as a like funny photo comedian or but then you or see him like do a real thing just garp something beautiful yeah. and you're like comedians are really the ones cuz they're brave they're and not damaged. Afraid. they're brave and, <laughs> and damaged <vulnerable.
1: laughs> so damaged
0: and anyway you were fabulous and i was proud of you and it was really good and i was bawling and i was sobbing
1: well i and i and then and then i was bummed out because the next day was her movie premiere in the morning and my whole morning was taken up press gulag, just one after the other, and I couldn't go see her premiere, and that really bummed me out.
0: But it was fine because one of my best friends was in the movie with me. His name is John Kimmel, mm-hmm. um, and he is so fabulous. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the second movie we've done together, shockingly enough. Mm. Um, the first movie was directed by his wife, Carly Kimmel, and mm-hmm. uh, John and I play husband and wife. But in this movie, uh, we don't have any scenes together, but we're, we were there on the red carpet. We had a great time, and it was He was my work husband.
1: It was actually interesting because the movie that Meredith is in, um, not only does it have Rita Moreno in it.
0: Oh, yeah. Rita Moreno um, is the star, and she's fantastic. uh,
1: It has uh, Keith David, the voice of God. Even if you've never seen Keith David on screen, you know him because he narrates every Ken Burns documentary. He is the voice of authority. He is the voice of history, basically. Um, But oddly enough, and I I forgot to tell Meredith because I didn't know he was in the movie. I saw him that morning as he was going off to the premiere he was in john carpenter's the thing uh which featured jed the dog whose next movie was journey of natty gan where he played the wolfhound that she uh befriends well, a the wolf. wolf that she befriends so she and keith david worked with the same actor um and if she ever meets ethan hawk she can say oh yeah we worked with, uh, with jed Wh- remember white
0: fang me white fang. ethan Hawke, yeah
1: Kate yeah. Flannery
0: was also in the movie. It was Kate
1: Flannery who's always
0: awesome. Um it was and these two young kids who are amazing.
1: Yeah. Um but anyway, and then the, the last thing of course are the uh, the after parties which there was a really uh on on um Saturday night there was the after party for our film uh which I and the cast and the producers all went to at this little place called Upstairs at Caroline's. And then at the same time was the EW party. And I remember – Which at Comic-Con
0: to- is a super fun, yeah. great party.
1: So what I remember is saying is I'm going to talk to – we were, and I remember talking to the other cast members like, we'll go to our party. We'll get some pictures. We'll say hi and thank you. And then we'll go to the EW party. <laughs> so we get to our party. A, um, the place is really nice. It's warm. It's colorful. The I don't know where they got their food, but their food was incredible. They had beef brisket um, empanadas, which were crack, and an amazing drink menu. They they all made custom cocktails based on lines of dialogue from my movie, and we're all like, "This is really nice." And I go, "Well, I'm going to text Meredith. I'm going to maybe Uber over." And I remember texting you, and you were she Before went to you the E W party. Text
0: me- I sent you a text going. This is horrible. Do not come. Do not, Save yourself. Yeah, and then I, I and then I took video of it was it was it was not fun. It was an out. It could have been. Yeah. It was like an outdoor carnival, but it was ninety thousand degrees below zero. It was so cold. It was really cold. And there were little stations for food and drinks and stuff, but it was an insane party. It, I think it was Lizzo was doing a concert there, or but but it was before Lizzo got there. And then they yeah. they had all these girls just dancing to loud Lizzo music, but like... It was a rave
1: in a meat locker, basically. Everyone <laughs> yeah. was freezing. There were, And you said there were like maybe two or three heat lamps There and all lamps. the VIPs were huddled under and no one <laughs> could get space.
0: Anyway, it was not good. And again, I didn't get to eat anything. So right. you're sitting there eating delicious brisket and I'm oh. like, gotta go back to the room and have that last Pringle.
1: <laughs> and, and look, EW, I love you. You have spawned so many amazing writers. It just wasn't and so, it, at you, the time. Look, everyone's gonna throw this? a bad party. Hey,
0: Patton. And you didn't, what? How about... For the first hour that oh. I was there, it wasn't that great. I didn't think you'd like it. But probably Maybe once I left, good. it was probably amazing.
1: All right. <laughs> but
0: anyway, so that was our adventure at South by Southwest.
1: Uh, more more updates to come. But it was, again, uh, you know what? Um, I, I apologize for what Meredith and I said over our weekend in Arizona. We don't need fodder for our podcast when we're traveling because it makes life a friggin' nightmare. Um, and, and, and here's what I'm doing. I am, I am boiling down all of that horror and tension into one tiny segment so that you won't think that we'll make a whole episode about this and keep doing this favor for us in the future. I'm literally yelling at the ceiling. I don't want all this material. I don't need it.
0: So... The best part of this segment is that it is now over. And the second part of our segment is about to start. And the best thing is we have an amazing guest joining us.
1: Oh, boy. The
0: lovely and talented Steve Agee. And we'll be back with him right after this break. (laughs) Hey, guys. We're back.
1: And we have a guest. And... What a guest. Uh, this guy, I feel like I've been friends with forever. I don't remember a time when we weren't friends. Yep. And anyone listening, um, uh, if you listen to this show, you've seen him and stuff. Because he's been in everything. Sarah Silverman program, Rick and Morty, um, the new Peacemaker series uh, on HBO Max. as Of course, an amazing character, John Economos. Ladies and gentlemen. Steve Ag, Yeah. Economist, motherfucker. That's right, economist, motherfucker. Steve Ag, oh. who I have yeah, also long? been friends with forever. I mean, like, I just don't, I think. It's got to be through Sarah. Through Sarah, but, like, the second I got to L.A., I feel like I just met you and you were there. And you yeah, were also one of those guys that was always. Close to 20 years. Yeah, years and, away. like, and you were always hanging out. You were just in the group that we were yeah. in. And you were always hilarious. So, of course, it was, it just felt like such a natural segue to, like, yeah, put him in that, have him do yeah, that. Yeah. Like, it just, you know. You're such a you – are, you are such a presence voice and physically that it just – of course, you're going to be working all people, the time. There's a bunch of
2: people, comedy people, that I don't remember ever meeting. It, the it's same – it there, just yeah. feels like I've always known. Do you
1: remember meeting Brian Posehn? Because you guys were gay married on <laughs> yes. Sarah Silverman. Uh, big and gay and orange, isn't that? Big gay
2: she, and orange. Yep. <laughs> when, we fir- when we shot the pilot, it wasn't decided that we would be gay. Oh. It was in fact, the opening credits of the pilot are this is Steve and Brian. They're lovers or roommates. I don't know. Like <laughs> Can't it was tell. you couldn't tell. Um I met Brian at Sarah's, I think, playing video games. Of I, I think there was a period where a lot of those Mr. Show people were all playing Goldeneye. Yes. James and, Bond Goldeneye. Well,
1: wasn't there a time up in the hills of uh, it was someone's house? I think it was um, Paget's house where they had all the TVs hooked up all halo. over that halo. Yeah. And it was a – it would go till dawn.
2: Yeah. I, I wasn't involved with that. Those are legendary though. Yeah. I, I've heard about all those. So I met Brian at Sarah's playing video games and smoking mm-hmm. weed. But the first time I ever saw Brian, I was going to college uh, in the Napa Valley area in the early – like 89 to 90. and Wow. My girlfriend and I at the time went to the punchline in Sacramento mm-hmm. and saw a young Brian Posehn, uh-huh. and I feel like Bill Maher as well. Probably, yeah. And Brian had hair down to his ass. Yes. Really? Like, oh, oh, my long.
1: God. He was, I yeah. cannot picture him oh with long God. hair. Oh, God. Long, straight, flowing, super flaxen, <laughs> golden hair. All I remember, I, I did the punchline with him in Sacramento, and it's... This is the essence of Brian Posehn, which I'm about to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. The, the punchline of Sacramento is in a mall called How About Arden because it's at the corner Arden, of How yeah, and Arden, Arden, Arden Fair, yeah. Yeah, and they, but they call it How About Arden. So <laughs> Brian's right. up, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome your host, Brian Posehn. He goes up, How About Arden, and some people like clap. He goes, How about go fuck yourself? <gasps> oh! <laughs> and it was so I was like, That is exactly who Brian Posehn is. Just its essence. It, it made me. I've, and he was a local. He was a local – yeah, which – also, by the way, that gave him license to go, yeah, fuck this place. I have to live here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't um, – and so, okay, speaking of your college and your past, yeah. this is – there's something we're going to go into. Okay. Because you me. were born in Riverside, California. I'm sorry. Ex- well, yeah, I know, which, by the way, that's it was where, fine. That's where I was able to get my COVID shot early. Because I have a friend who lives out there. I know says, a few people. Yeah, and I
2: was in Canada. So I couldn't get one, but yeah, yeah, a lot of people were going to Riverside. Be,
1: and my friend called me and said, "I go into a Rite Aid, and there's a woman asking people, and no one will get no it. No one, one drive was getting it, it. Yeah, no.
0: It was MAGA country. It was MAGA
1: country for sure. Born in Riverside, California, exactly a month after I was born. February we twenty-sixth. 26. I was born January twenty-seventh. A so month you add and an extra day. day. But if you add the extra day, thirty-one, it's exactly thirty days. Yeah, there you go. Made it up. Aquarius, <laughs> the Aquarius, Pisces, yeah, Pis- Aquari- Pisces.
0: Pisces. Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, when's your birthday?
1: February twenty-six.
0: So you just had your birthday, yeah. and my birthday was yesterday.
1: What? And, yeah. And her You're... birthday was spent traveling and stuck in an airport and, and, and eating and Pringles. Lo- and
0: he looked at me in the morning and he goes, "I didn't get you anything, and I, didn't and I just anything. want you to know." I I didn't get you a thing, like nothing. And he kept like stressing how much he didn't get me anything. And then I was just like, it's okay, it's okay, not a big deal. And then we get home and Alice, we walk in the door and she's playing the piano happy birthday when I walk in. Which is really sweet, yeah. but then she hands me a piece of ripped-out notebook paper <sighs> in pencil. Happy birthday, mom! I love you so much. You're the best mom ever, Alice. But like on a ripped
1: Good for piece of,
3: like it was
0: in pencil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, was it looked so, like she like, had done it as she was running down the stairs yeah. while like we could, were unlocking she, the door. She, like oh
0: god, she could hear us pulling up, <laughs> yeah. and she's like oh shit.
1: It looked like that
2: tattoo that Henry uh, Henry Rollins gave Stevo in the back of a moving four by four.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So you're my birthday present because. Well, happy birthday! Because Patton got me nothing.
2: Happy birthday. Well, okay.
0: No, no, no. I don't want anything. Let's t- let's move on. Was Torchy's
2: okay. Tacos the taco shop you guys <laughs> went to? Or that in Austin that had uh, a long long line?
0: I don't even know the name of it. I was just I love Torchy's. Yeah, oh. I don't know.
1: They um, do have amazing and she didn't get she didn't even get one single Miga while she was there. Nothing,
0: Wait, nothing. I got nothing.
1: Nothing good. Anyway, you're born in Riverside, California mm. in the early late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. But then you went to high school at the Valley Forge Military Academy Two years. in Wayne, Pennsylvania. How did a Why did kid you, from Riverside did you were you fucking up? Did they have yeah.
0: you were your parents like, you need to get it together? We're sending you to military. I was school.
2: drinking so much in high school. My parents didn't know what to do to me. I, I got kicked out of one high school, and uh, my parents were just at their wit's end. Like, they would find empty Jack Daniels bottles in the trunk of my car, and they were like, oh, we have a problem here. And they had a f- they had some family friends who sent their son two years earlier to Valley Forge and fully turned him around, got wow. straight A's.
1: And, and they're like, <laughs> "Now, what happened with you? Because you said you were only there for two years."
2: I got good grades. Good. There's really? not a lot to do but study. Oh, damn! Good. And do drugs.
1: And do d- oh, so right. there's still a lot of drugs. I there. went from
2: drinking to drugs because drugs were a lot easier to hide in your room. Yeah, but because you hot have daily smells. inspections.
1: That happened to me when I was in seventh grade. I was starting to like. I had friends who would like drink. I wasn't like a drunk or anything, but my yeah. friends were like. My parents were like he's experimenting with drinking, and this yeah. is horrible. So they sent me to YMCA camp. Let's. <laughs> Which is a sailing <laughs> camp for a month to straighten me out, and that's where I first encountered pot. Yeah, all the counselors had weed and would get us all stoned on uh, sailing yep. trips. It was great. Yep. Um, so you went to, so, but, but you graduated from. Yeah, that, yeah. Wow.
2: 1988.
1: And so then,
0: do you have a, like a little cadet uniform picture?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We'll keep talking. He and has I'll... pictures of himself because afterward. You were, weren't you like a hiking or mountaineering guy? There I was a rock some,
2: climbing instructor.
1: Oh my God. There are God. pictures of him like, he looks like Thor.
0: Tell me why, how did you become a rock climbing instructor?
2: I really had a crush on this girl freshman year and she was signed up for a rock climbing class. And i will like, do it. I'll do it. And I fell in love with rock climbing.
0: Oh. My, our daughter's in so love you with rock climbing ditched the girl too.
1: and fell in love, the rocks stole your heart. Here's.
0: Where was like the best place you went Rock climbing.
1: It's always been Joshua Tree. Oh, look at him!
0: Holy hotness, Steve! <laughs> I know, right? Wait, you look long like long shoulder, look like hair.
1: You look Thor. so hot. Yeah, he looks like Stoner Thor. But like I was Stoner <laughs> Thor, like Tarzan a little like, bit. He looks like the guy who sells all the other Asgardians' weed. Yeah. Like you know, like Thor and Loki. Instead of a hammer, I had a giant giant bomb. Look at Steve. (laughs) What? You look like a
0: a guy who leads ayahuasca (laughs) expeditions.
1: Or you're like, you look like the one guy that's always dancing at the fish concert, like the band (laughs) kind of they always give you the nod, like there he is. But literally
2: two years before that.
0: Straight, straight guy with a looks like we're
2: shipping out to Germany and it looks like nineteen forty. Yeah, was 30s. this taken? When in, was that? Was this taken right before World War One broke out? That's what, 1987. What,
0: it's Holy. like? It's a black and white picture of him yeah. with the other. Do you call them cadets? Yeah. With him, but they really I'm the do back look row like.
1: Middle. And you look like their Hulk. Yeah. It's like we have a Hulk. Let like me. See. Who's yeah. in the back? We have a Hulk.
0: Oh my God, you're so handsome.
1: God, Steve. Gigantic he is.
0: That's so cool. Okay, so you yeah. went to military academy, then you.
1: And by Be- the way, may I just note that on the um, on the Valley Forge Military Academy. Wikipedia page, uh, Steve is listed among the notable alumni, <laughs> uh, along with General Norman Schwarzkopf. That's Stormin' Norman. And yeah. J.D. Salinger. Oh, my dad. Was it no Valley Forge <laughs> is the
2: basis for Pensy Prep.
1: Exactly. Yeah. In uh, in um, Catcher in the Rhyme. Yeah. So there you go. Uh,
0: you and my dad. You walk. I I read so Catcher
2: we... in the Rhyme at that school, and I was like. He's literally describing the walk up to the football field. Oh, my God, I know this trail. Wow, yeah. that's you're like, so there crazy. are a
1: bunch of phonies Fucking here. Fucking losers. Wasn't there a line in that book about how you can't really respect someone who doesn't have luggage as nice as you? Something like that. Where, Something like that. Yeah, and it I was like, oh, God. That... Oh, cringe. Yeah, just yeesh. Um, so then you're out you're of military school. Now you're teaching rock climbing. Mm-hmm. You're all over the rock. Then what – and where were you doing that? Up in California or where?
2: The teaching okay. park with. Part was at a summer camp in uh, Idawild, which is the mountains above Palm Springs. Like if you've taken that aerial tram uh, from Palm Springs up the mountain, that's Idlewild up there. Wow. And we would go from there for a few days out to Joshua Tree. So it was a lot of Joshua Tree.
0: That's rad. I've never been there.
2: You guys got to go to Joshua Tree. I've been to it's Joshua
1: Tree. I want to go to Joshua
0: Tree, but I need like someone to make the tent for me.
1: My, well, they have they have glamping up there, including... Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to do glamping necessarily. I just want to go with friends who know how to do it. They
1: also have Kate's Cabins, which yeah. is uh, uh, Kate... um Oh, my God. What's her last name? The lead singer for the B-52s. Kate... Uh, blanking. Wel- welcome to getting old. Exactly. I can't remember She either. bought all these um vintage, streamlined trailers, yeah. different styles, and it's it's almost like the madonna inn of trailer camping. Yeah. You I love the stand that. I you want to stay in around Joshua Tree. And it's gorgeous. My my brother drives out there all the time and takes pictures of yeah. abandoned yeah. homes and stuff. So, that's where all his gorgeous it's pictures great. come from. So. But
0: wait, so when so you were doing all that, when did it transition to comedy?
1: Yeah. How did you what was the lead into showbiz? So, did it start off as stand up? Well, here's the thing. When I
2: was a little kid, someone got me either for Christmas or a birthday a little transistor radio with a mono Uh earplug. And when I would get sent to bed at like 8 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. as a little kid, 10, 11 years old, Mm -hmm. Sunday nights I would listen to Dr. Demento. Hell yeah.
1: (gasps) Syndicated. On the Westwood One Radio Network, (sighs) under the smogberry trees of Los Angeles. Dr. Demento. Dr. Demento, Demento. funny
2: five. That's right. And that's where I was turned on to George Mm Carlin, Weird Al, Cheech and Chong. Um, at Cheech and Chong. Every, sketch, music, yep. stand-up. And when I was 11, the first album I bought with my own money, I went down to, I forget what the record store was. I think in our in our part of town, it was the Mad Platter. <laughs> and, uh, and I bought George Carlin, A Place for My Stuff, at 11. Wow. Didn't know half the references.
1: Yeah, I, I bought Occupation Fool, I think, when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Wow.
2: I was... I wanted to be a comedian and an actor. Yeah, John Ritter was my hero, and George oh, Carlin. God,
1: oh, John wow! Ritter. I got to do a table read with him for a movie that never got made. That um, uh, uh, Caroline, who wrote the pilot that you did, Meredith. Uh, Carol Leifer. Carol Leifer wrote a movie called Jaybirds about swingers, and it was so. Oh. Fun. Wow. I did a table read, and John Ritter was the the head of this swingers organization. But he's, and he was so. He played it so deadpan and yeah. hilarious. You're just like, oh, yes, he was very physical, but, but he could do anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So, so, um, and then that, yeah. You 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 have the story. You start listening to comedy albums. It starts soaking in.
2: And when I was in college, I I didn't know that you could just pursue a career as this. <laughs> I thought you had to be born into it or something. Right, you know? right. And um, so you know. I was adopted and everybody in my family was in business or mm-hmm. medicine and nobody was in the arts. And wow! so when I, it came time to, you know, when I graduated high school and was like, I guess I'll go to college because my parents wanted me to. Uh-huh. And all my friends were going to like just a local, you know, private Christian college in Inland Empire, Loma Linda uh, University. Right. And I was like. I guess I could be a biology major. I wanted to be a marine biologist also. Right. I grew up near the ocean swimming. Oh, nice. We had a a cabin on Catalina, so I would scuba dive. Really? Yeah, snorkel. And I was like, I could be a marine biologist. And first semester of (laughs) biology, because you have to do all your prerequisites, and my plan was to then transfer to, like, Long Beach State or something. You killed a rare dolphin by accident. Fucking, I, I have no <laughs> oh my idea. God, he, I don't know why they do this, but like, as a fucking eighteen year old, they start you off on the m- molecular level of biology, where it's just like, here's mitochondria. And oh Jesus. Cell division, cell walls,
1: and oh god. And you're just like,
2: I just want a fucking pet fish, dude. <laughs> and, and, and so I fucking failed, and I was like, I, I. I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, I'll never never be a marine biologist. And my best friend was there, Sam, and he was an art major. He was a f- photography major. He's like, dude, just be an art major. It's super easy. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so I lied my way through like four years of college, like yeah. doing abstract painting. Did you? And ever... I was really good at improvising when we would mm-hmm. show them to the class and we would have to describe them. I was yep. really good at that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you ever read? Um, Dan Klaus's Art School Confidential, which totally nails that. I didn't. He was talking about how, what you were just talking about, people. He uh, One of his friends got an A because at the last minute he he couldn't turn his project in. So he turned in his trashed, he trashed his apartment and did it as a um, piece of like, you know. Installation. Installation yeah. art and got an A. And then also. Fucking um, A. <laughs> yeah. And he also talked about, he goes, oh, it's the old tampon and a teacup trick. Ew, like last what? minute, just, yeah, just, see, it's about women, and, okay, you know. Isn't there
2: a scene in, like, L.A. Story where Steve Martin is at a museum, and he's
1: bullshitting <laughs> his way, like, looking at art? Yeah, exactly. It was
2: just like that. It was really easy. But, I mean, I will say, I learned Photoshop in college, and oh, that, well, I've that's... used it more wait, than you're anything. an amazing to...
0: photographer. That's another yeah. thing you do.
2: That came way later. Okay, that, so wait. It so was just film photography. Marine
0: biologist, and then you fit Well, and...
2: while I was in college, my mom sent me – or she gave me uh, a magazine or, or like, a a clipping out of, like, the L.A. Weekly or something Mm -hmm. or the Press Enterprise, which was the local paper, a Mm -hmm. clipping uh, open mic night. Oh. At this – it was a comedy club in, like, Montclair or Claremont, California, Mm -hmm. right off the 10 Freeway. I think it was called The Laugh Stop. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh.
1: Yeah. Fuck!
2: Oh, I can just go and okay. And so yeah. I wrote a bunch of shitty jokes and and went and uh, it was. I brought a bunch of friends and so I killed because all my friends were right. Right. And the guy afterwards was like, yeah, you want to come back next week? And oh I was my like, god! Yeah. Oh
0: my god! You just got. And out. then I
2: went back next week by myself and it was fucking cricket. So oh, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> was Did bring your friends. It was like another year or so before I would do stand up again. But at the same time, my roommate was in a band, and their bass player was like that thing you do where the drummer breaks his arm, but their bass player broke his arm, and he's like, do you want to play with us? And I was like, yeah. Oh, I've seen
0: a picture of you playing the bass. And so I
2: started playing bass with them. I I went to like a couple of their rehearsals, and it was just covers, and the first rehearsal we just improvised a bunch of punk songs that I thought were really awesome. I was like, you guys, we got to be playing. Like, right. what is this playing in a bridal shop in San Diego? Let's go. <laughs> and so I went to my dorm room, and I started calling clubs out of the LA Weekly. And our very first gig as a band was at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go.
0: Oh, my God. That's <laughs> wait, reaching high. Wait,
1: wait, wait, stop. Yeah.
2: What year was this? This was probably 1991, maybe. So
1: just as grunge is breaking, Oh yeah, yeah. post-punk is holding on by its fingertips but oh, yeah, there's
2: photos of me. I'm wearing shorts and I have like <laughs> Long Johns under the shorts, you know?
1: Yes, there you go. Yeah. And then was it just your band or was it a bunch of bands?
2: It was like four or five bands. And yeah. I, I got a hold of this guy. I left him. I'll never forget his name. It was Mike Gian Greco. And he's like, Yeah, can you bring people? And I was like, Oh, yeah, we're, uh, we're at a college, of course. And <laughs> again, all our friends came and he was like, Yeah, you want to play the Roxy next month? Oh, and my so, God. We started playing all over, like, and half the guys lived in San Diego, so we were playing clubs like the Casbah and mm-hmm. San Diego and stuff like that. You're a
1: go getter. Well, there's a whole, there was a whole um, early punk scene coming out of Orange County at the time, and, and San Diego, right? That's yeah. where no doubt came out of, and all those yeah. you know, bands were popping. So you were, you did this thing that anyone who was wondering, should I get into showbiz? Should I get into the creative arts? You just made yourself be near all the stuff that was happening, and then you saw what clicked, which is that's the way to do it. Comedy, music, why are you... You don't yeah, discriminate. Doesn't just doesn't have I, to be one. I wanted to do everything. Yeah, the hang yeah. Is, is more important than the uh, the contacts at the, at the beginning. It's just like, just yeah. hanging, just ask, yeah. just go up. Yeah.
0: Well, also, that's really fucking lucky. Yeah. I mean, you did it, yeah. you did it, and then people are like, do it again. I mean, yeah. that's really lucky. Well, that doesn't happen. Well, do it's the
2: do-it-again stuff where right. it's like... Well, this time, here's a hundred tickets. You have to sell these <laughs> yeah. to get people to come. And oh, like, yeah. That's
0: hard.
1: Yeah, pay, so, pay to play, yeah. So were you going back and forth between doing gigs as a musician and then also doing stand-up? It was all just the same to you? The stand-up or?
2: was just kind of random. It was yeah. just like, I always wanted to do this, and I can do it, and it's kind of fun, and uh-huh. it was never like something I – pursued as much as, like, music or... Right. So
0: then what happens? Some agent sees you on stage and is like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing, I want to...
2: No, at, at the time, I was graduating from college, and my girlfriend, we were together for, like, six years, she uh, she transferred to CalArts for the oh, photography okay. party, uh, uh, the photography um, program. Yeah. And so we moved out to L.A., and I didn't know what to do for work. And so I just started taking classes at this music school called the Musicians Institute. Hmm. Uh, I wanted to learn bass theory and how to read music. And so I did that for a year while she was at CalArts. Wow. And then she broke up with me. Because <laughs> I think her her reasoning was, we're going to be fucking miserable, poor, If you're a musician and I'm a photographer, (laughs) this is not good math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame her. I mean, we're still friends, but it was like, yeah, all right. And um, And how's her hedge fund millionaire husband? He's pretty good.
3: (laughs) He's pretty good. And so I just – Real nice house.
2: I just – I just moved into a loft down by Skid Row in the nineties. It was fucking horrible.
1: Oh, this is before all the gentrification.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like off of like Alameda and Seventh. It was Holy so shit. It was literally every day they would do a soup soup line on the street in front of our loft, and so mm-hmm. it would just be like tons of like junkies and stuff, and and you would go down and get some soup, and oh, <laughs> I love their <laughs> crab bisque. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and so I moved in with my friend Sam, who was also it was the guy who got me into art and stuff. And we had a loft that I think our rent was like five hundred dollars a month yeah. between the two of us. I Seems like a lot for
0: down there. Still, he's
1: still honestly. down there,
2: and it's like an amazing like oh,
1: area sure. now. Wow! I lived in a windowless dungeon in the lower hate, and I mean a windowless dungeon. There was it was a basement apartment, no windows. Oh. Four other comedians, me, Blaine Patch, um, and we each paid two hundred bucks for the whole thing and now that place rents out for like 2500 a month was, oh my god was
0: Brian your roommate there too
1: no when that was I there? was his I was Brian's roommate when we lived at Fifth and Geary oh okay but then so how uh-huh. when you're starting out as a stand up late 80s early 90s were there other who were the other stand ups in that you were hanging out with and when did you kind of meet up with Sarah and, and Brian and that whole group
2: I didn't really I wasn't really friends with anybody while I was doing it back then I would Mm -hmm. just go to a show do some jokes and fucking leave (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I I remember I I started doing sets at the Ice House Oh, there was a guy that booked the Ice House Dave McNary I think was Mm -hmm. his name and I think he's still there and he took a liking (laughs) to me and was like yeah and he would recommend me to people who were putting on other shows and
1: It was still just like a hobby. Yeah, so you were like, it was more fun for you. You didn't have that hunger, need, stakes version that a lot of us had, which is, this is it for me. I gotta make this work.
2: No, it was more music still at that point. Nice. And then um, my girlfriend had broken up with me, and Sam invited me to go to this play. He took a a, a bunch of photos for uh, this theater group Mm -hmm. for their playbill for this play. Mm -hmm. And I went and met one of the girls in the play at the after party and just completely fell in love. And she was taking classes at the Groundlings.
1: Oh, nice. And I, I went to a show with her mm-hmm.
2: and was just like, I think this is this is what I have to do. I, it was literally like the clouds opened up. I yeah. was like, oh, this is fucking acting and comedy. And, and was, some
1: music, depending on what you want to do. Yeah,
2: I was like, I, I think this is what I have to do. And I... You know, years earlier, I knew that a lot of people from Saturday Night Live came from the Groundlings. Yeah. Second City in the Groundlings. Groundlings. yeah. And I called them once when I was in college, like 18 years old or something. And I got the box off and, and I was like, hey, uh, I want to be in your company. And the girl was like, okay, so um, we have classes and you sign up. And I was like, whoa, whoa. How much are the classes? And he was like, well, it's like. $400 for the first class. I'm like, how many? And she's like, it's like four classes. And I go, oh, so you got a full racket going over there. <laughs> and I was like, no thanks. And I just hung up on her.
1: Wow. Uh, excuse me. I've played the whiskey a go-go. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be paying you money to take classes. I've
2: bombed at the Laugh stop in
1: Montclair, California. <laughs> I have been stared off stage at a cask and cleaver in Low die. So maybe <laughs> maybe you show me a little more deference. Have you, you
2: heard of Rooster Tea Feathers?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Gee, please don't say that to me. I got fired from there because the guys fired. that booked it, his mom didn't like me. My mom thinks that you're mean, like on I, stage. I'm like, I hate the politics. And, and then I said, Does your mom buy like a room full of drinks every night? Because everyone and then he got so brilliant. And then he was like, get out of here. So I got Ooh. fired. Yeah, it was not good. And it really hurt my career. That changed everything.
2: I was. Oh yeah.
1: I was there. Who was who was in the Groundlings at the time? What names were in? When
2: I started, I think the very first week I started, Will Ferrell and and maybe Sherry Mm O'Terry and Molly. Was it Molly Shannon? Was she a Groundling? Had just gotten hired at SNL. Okay. So they had just left when I got there.
1: I used to do shows at the Diamond Club when Will Ferrell was in that trio called um, Simpatico. That was uh, Will Ferrell's trio. Simpatico. called Simpatico. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah.
2: So he had just left. My f- very first class at the Groundlings, Leslie Mann was in my class with him. Oh, me.
1: no kidding.
2: Um, total buds. I fully feel like she would n- not remember me at all. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I looked like Thor back then. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I was 100 pounds lighter, and um, but... Leslie and I were in our first class together, and then I went on to be in classes with Maya Rudolph. Oh, um, wow. Emily Spivey, who's a very funny comedy writer. Um, Yeah. I was there when Will Forte was there. Chris Parnell was there. Oh, my God. What a group. A lot of heavy hitters when I was there. Yeah. So
0: then what was your first actual on-camera acting thing?
2: First on-camera, while I was at Groundlings, I did – I was – Doing some sketch on on the side. Uh, <laughs> Did they know this about was it? Just they, they knew you were seeing other sketch groups, no. right? They were. Called, no. Oh boy. Uh, uh, I was doing like a sketch show at like one of those theaters on Hyperion, um, and uh, the Lyric. The ly- It was. It was at the Lyric, yeah. and we would rehearse at a commercial casting company, uh, ASG Casting, um, which. Fred Goss was in our sketch group. Fred's a sitcom director now. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they shared the, the casting office with another commercial casting place. And one of the women came in while we were rehearsing. And she's like, I've been trying to cast this Pac Bell commercial for caller ID. That's how long ago this was. Oh wow. God, um, for a week now. She's like, do any of you guys want to come in next door and audition? And we were like, yeah. So we all went in and auditioned, and I booked it. And it was my first on camera. And it was so fucking terrifying. I'd never done any acting. And I I walk onto the set. Immediately, my mouth goes so dry.
1: Oh, oh, no.
2: I remember at one point, the director just goes, cut.
1: Oh, no. Can someone
2: get this guy some water? (laughs) It was
1: like,
2: your your roommate called. (laughs) And then it was just a random commercial every now and then. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I, I i had gotten voted out of the Groundlings because after you do all the classes, it's either hey, come do the Sunday Company, or bye. Right. So it was bye for me. Oh, and um, off the island. Off the island, which after, after four years of that was They're every like, day it was I was there. It was a scam.
0: Thanks for your money. <laughs> Thanks for funding the rest no, of us. I,
2: I, Join I, us at 3 a.m. for
1: volleyball. <laughs> a lot
2: of people are so bitter about it. And I was just like, no, I'm yeah. still we friends with Maya and all these people yeah. and have worked with a lot of them because of it. And um, I had a friend who recommended me for a, a play that, do you know Dave Juskow?
1: Yes. So
2: Dave was like best friends with Sarah. Yeah,
1: that's probably how you met Sarah.
2: It is. He's like my friend goes my friend Dave was doing this this play, and one of the actors dropped out like two days before they need someone who can play guitar, someone who's funny, uh, and so I recommended you. and so Dave just was like, yes, you have the job. Here's wow. the songs, learn these songs And, and I, I met Sarah, you know, the opening night, and we smoked the joint and we were. Go. Immediately, best friends. I mean, and that was like ninety nine, I think.
0: I just want to say, I have been friends with Steve for a very, very long time as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I adore you. That's That'd great. So anyway,
1: you were. Oh th- my
0: God, Patton, <laughs> you're the worst husband. Um We, I don't know how. Ha- I think we might have met through Seth and Claire.
1: It's all but, through weed. But it might say it's for through sure. Weed. It might have been
0: before them somehow. I, I'm not quite sure, but I know that we were hanging out for a while. And it was yeah. at a, a time in my life when um, there was this big thing going on in Los Angeles for girls, exercise-wise. It was called the S Factor, and this this actress named Sheila Kelly was doing um, pole dancing classes. I've for never heard
3: of this.
0: Pole dancing classes, but it was like exercise, but it was also pole dancing for you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I had taken all these classes.
1: Mm-hmm. S Factor.
0: And never I had and I got either. and I went to like level seven
1: on the wow. and So then, you could read minds.
0: Yeah, and then I... <laughs> and you then, had
1: all your Thetans? Oh, that's something different. Never mind. Go ahead.
0: And then I got uh, a pole for my house because I loved the pole dancing thing <laughs> just to do it because it was fun. You could dance still, to Led Zeppelin. That's still a thing. It is, yeah. People still do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But like, you could dance to Led Zeppelin or Joe Walsh or whoever Sure. as opposed to like, you go to a club. You can't dance to Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I liked it. Right. And so I remember I did it and I don't know if I filmed me doing a dance and sent it to you or you filmed me doing a dance, but I remember that you have, at, at some point, you have a video. Do you not remember this?
2: It sounds vaguely familiar. I wouldn't have filmed it, though.
0: You probably didn't film it. I probably sent it to you. I probably filmed it myself and was like, hey, Steve, look at how how I am. the hell are you
1: sending him stuff? You, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What?
0: Cause that's the kind of girl I am, Patton. That's how Odd. I make friends. Look at me pole dancing. Know. Well, anyway. early
1: thirst. If you uh, hop onto our Patreon, you can get uh, pole dancing <laughs> videos. From, that's one of our. That's one of our bonus tiers.
0: Anyway, and I and the just grazers
1: re- single. <laughs> uh.
0: I just remember that, uh, distinctively, and then, um, I've always been like, where is that video? Mm. It'll.
1: It'll. I feel it'll, like you
0: have to have that it
1: somewhere. It It oh, will. Sure, it'll crop up when you get your Academy Award nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Shock hey, video. Hey, look what I found, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, okay. Just thought that was a fun fact. Back to our <laughs> topic at hand.
1: Well, I just look. I really, really love the fact just overall we're going to keep talking here but again anyone listening who is thinking of getting into the creative arts there is not a specific set of steps to do it no. because it changes all the time yeah. just start showing up go to shows at first before I started doing stand up i just went to shows and watched for a while oh, 100% go, just go hang out talk to people i'm thinking of getting into that just be around when be i around was
2: it. just doing music around la i was still going to largo Constantly, because I feel like it was Monday night was comedy night.
1: night. And it was only $5.
2: Yeah. I was always at Largo on Monday nights. I saw you perform there. I saw all the Mr. Show people there. I saw Tenacious D there for the first time. Before they
1: were really Tenacious D.
2: as they were forming. I went with a friend. This was probably 96. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, I know these people. They're in a band called... I think they were called Lust Pollution.
1: I, rem- I remember l- seeing Lust Pollution at one of these weird... Um, it was like a
2: cabaret style... Yeah,
1: um, and, but he didn't love me back and he didn't love me back. And they would and all wear like a matching yeah. outfits. I saw them at some kind of showcase for NACA
2: for like yeah. colleges with yeah. a bunch of
1: different people at, at the Roxy. Yes.
2: Yeah, so my friend goes, they're playing at Largo, do you want to go with me? And I go, sure. And so we go and they finished, They were like the main act. And... Uh, as they finished he's like let's go next door to the dime that's right he goes let's go next door and get a drink oh my and God, i was yeah. like all right and so we we're starting to get up and then i see jack and kyle come out and they start to play and i go i go hey is that the dude from uh, cable guy <laughs> yeah and he goes yeah these guys fucking suck let's get out of here and i was like
0: they seem interesting.
2: i go i'll be o- I-, I go i'm going to watch this for a minute i'll be over in a- in a yeah. minute I watched their whole set, and I was like, this is maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: I remember I did uh, – Highland Grounds used to have yeah. a Saturday afternoon show. yep, And I did that one time. It was Sarah Silverman, me, and Tenacious D. Yeah, And I remember us being up there. I remember Tenacious D being up there and people like slamming their laptops closed because they're like, I'm trying to write here. Yeah. And these idiots yeah. think that they're Led Zeppelin, and it's just two fat guys with guitar like, – like, I'm going to be the next Tarantino, yeah. and these people are ruining and, – and, like, getting up and storming out angrily. Like, this is where I come to write.
2: It was just it was like just so the way they were portraying themselves in those shorts yeah. on HBOs. Was... Yes. But it wasn't long until, yeah. you know, Fairfax would have a line down the block when they played. It
1: was crazy, yeah. and, and Because Jack Black was a celebrity before he was a celebrity. There yeah. are certain people that – when you talk about them, or you, you talk to people who knew them when they were young, they're like, yeah. "No, that guy was who he was. He just now, it's just now it's in the stadium, but that's no different than when you we can were hanging see it. It was just there. Yeah, and cable and,
2: guy. You're like, oh, yeah, that's oh my god, Jack. it's gonna be yeah. huge.
1: Yeah, I get it. Um, but yeah, so you were then you were in the Largo scene, kind of yeah. hanging out there. Yeah, I remember um John Hamm when he was a struggling actor and could not get work and was yeah. literally doing dating shows. He would go, I would go to the Largo every night because it was every Monday, because it was $5. That's yep. all I could afford. But yep. I was watching David Cross yep. and Zach Galifianakis for like five dollars. Yep. And then that it's weird how that kind of bit us in the ass a little bit because then when a lot of those guys started to break and they would tour, there'd be these message boards going, I'm not gonna pay thirty dollars to see Sarah Silverman <laughs> Plus if can drinks see her for five. And, yeah. It's like the Largo is not how typically show, but that's a special thing that's not coming back. Yeah. Just enjoy what it was. It's yep. gone. Yep. You know? Yep. Well,
0: it's not gone. It's still around, well, but it's, it's not a five dollar. It's not the, same, it's thing. Yeah. It's not it's not the same thing anymore. It's in a different spot. And
2: it's more comedy now than it, it is it, music. It, oh, it's yeah. So it's so great. Way
1: more comedy. Yeah. I I paid two dollars to see Pearl Jam at Swanee's in Seattle. I am not paying this much. <laughs> I paid
2: five dollars <laughs> to see Primus at the cattle club in <laughs> fucking South Sacramento, why am I going to pay to see them open for Rush at the Arco Arena? (laughs) More.
1: So, then just to continue with your philosophy, you just kept doing stuff. You got in with Channel 101. You got like you were doing whatever I wanted to do. Whatever you were, because you were just around and you were just game for anything. And I think that takes people so far. And then, how did you become? We know how you became friends with Sarah. Uh, But then that uh, – how did that lead to the role on the Sarah Silverman program? So
2: while I was still at Groundlings, I had a teacher – I had been working at Starbucks. I had a teacher who was like, do you want to work in TV? She's like – I can get you a job. She's like, it's quote-unquote TV. (laughs) And so she got me a job logging videotapes for Real World.
1: Oh, God. Road
2: Rules. I was there for years. I left those shows to go do The Osbournes. Oh, wow. Temptation Island 1 and 2, Joe Millionaire. I was stuck in reality TV for like five years. My
1: brother was stuck there for a while, and so were people like Laura House and Kyle Canaan. That's Mm -hmm. a good – that's apparently a – pretty Steady thing that struggling actors completely steady. Do. It's yeah, like yeah. the
2: mob, you can always find work,
1: it's always there. Yeah, wait, what do you
0: mean? You were logging, what is it? What did you do? I
2: watched all the tape that they shot on the road, they oh. would send it in boxes. I would open the boxes and I would just watch the videotapes on a computer that was connected to the like VCR and it would record the time code. and I'd be like, at five minutes and 37 seconds and two frames into this video. Uh, you know, Stephen slaps so and so. Oh, I know. It's for the writers, right?
1: Right? Right? And it's right. also for like log every time that there's a certain object or action. Yeah. If they want if they want to do a montage and link them all together. I see. Yeah. And it's my brother did it for Blind Date, and he was like, uh, "There were days I'm like, I'm just gonna go walk out into traffic. Like, <laughs> go yeah. Oh God, because I don't know if I'm alive right now. I might be dead. I might have died. A few. I days eventually
2: ago. left with like such panic attacks. And oh then man. Sarah was like. Hey, she was dating Jimmy. She was like, Jimmy Kimmel's new talk show, they're looking for someone to literally just watch TV all day and find funny clips. Yeah. I was like, I'm in. Right. And I did that for like four years. Wow. And I only stuck around because I wanted to be a writer. And Jimmy let me be a writer eventually, which was awesome. And within like a few months, Sarah's pilot got picked up and – My first real acting gig was on her show, and I was like, oh, this is easy.
0: That's actually where I first— The rest of my
2: life will be starring in TV. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's where I first saw you. I first saw you and Brian. I thought I was—first of all, I love Sarah. I think she's the greatest— The best. Mm —of all time ever.
2: Lifesaver. Not
0: just an amazing comedian, but also, like, brilliant and has great insight on things. And Mm -hmm. she has a podcast, and if you listen to her podcast, like— she talks about things that matter, and yeah.
1: anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just
0: love her. I think she's fantastic, but
1: just like it's such brilliant visual casting because you have a such a look, and and your emotions come through so in your body language on that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's yeah, so yeah. much dialogue less scenes that you nail without saying it.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Sarah was, shows. It's one of those examples of a show that is written for you. The part is Mm written.
1: I mean, it's perfect.
2: Oh, my God. And you guys
0: were so good. You were so good. And then to see you in all the little things. I mean, there's so many things you do. Like even um, the new girl with uh, Zoe Deschanel. And all these little parts that are just like, you just stand out and shine. And it's so exciting to see you. And you're like, oh, my God, there he is. Like you get excited because you're captivating you and amazing. You become a
2: character actor, as you know. And yeah. Character like actors are the best. You it's can the best pick job. up a script and go, oh, I know exactly what this I know, is. And I know I'm what they want. I'm walking in at the end of a scene and I'm delivering this funny fucking line which blacks out the scene and <laughs> yeah,
1: make Dandegold a living doing it. Dana Gold calls it jetpack acting. You just kind of put and go, Brr. those are big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But 100%. Part two of this is going to be next week. We're going to talk about uh, how Steve met James Gunn. Great How story. Steve uh, fell into the superhero world. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to brag about how before James Gunn even thought about using Steve Agee as a superhero, I did. You did? That's right. In the right. opening credits of my, I think, third to last special, uh, Tragedy Plus Comedy Equals Time. I just uh, saw During that the photo. opening credits, uh, Steve... Crosses the screen. I wanted to recreate that shot and Racerhead. her head. Yeah. When he walks along, and you're dressed, it's this gray background. Bobcat shot it, and yeah, we, he is. We
2: shot it one block from my old loft down on Skid Row. Oh, oh
1: my, my lord! <laughs> and he's walking by in a bright superhero costume. But again, it's that Steve A. G body language. It's so he looks like he's about to go and quit the Justice League. No dialogue. It's such a perfect it shot. So and awesome. And it opens my special. I was the first person to use him as a superhero. You were. I was. I'm trying to find that. I photo. want that credit. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be right back. All this will be on the Instagram, and we're going to come back with some pics, and then we will uh, tease you for next week. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? We we'll tell
0: you what we like, what we really, really like.
1: Hey, let's do some quick picks, and then we're going to get out of here uh, so we can rest up and be ready for part two of Steve Ag next week. Quick picks, quick picks. Um, books. I have here's a book I just now downloaded onto my iPad. I have not started reading it. I can't wait. This is this is an anticipation pick. Uh, Noah Hawley's new book, Anthem. Noah Hawley, as you know. Uh, uh, wrote and created um, Fargo and the FX show Legion. Um, he is also an amazing crime novelist. This is Did his not new know one. That. Yes, he's an incredible crime novelist, and uh, I just got to have um, uh, uh, lunch with him at, uh, at South, at by, South Southwest. by Southwest. Yeah, he was polite enough to come to my awful, awful hotel and <laughs> sit, with you. and <laughs> sit in this terrible, <laughs> half constructed lobby and drink tea. I have not started yet, but this is one of those. I'm going to get to start reading his book today, and I'm so excited. Uh, Comic books, a new one uh, from AWA, Artists, Writers, and Artisans. It's a little publishing house. Uh, It's called Hit Me uh, by a writer named Krista Faust. Krista Faust uh, is a a writer and um, used to be professional dominatrix and sex worker. Hi. And has written a uh, – I've only read the first issue, but it's an incredible – Modern noir crime film set in early 90s Atlantic City, a professional um, dominatrix BDSM girl named Lulu, uh, as she says, I get paid by the slap. And she literally has a pricing list, and she goes to a gig with her friend that's been set up. She gets to pick her, uh, and then something goes wrong at the gig, and then she flees with a bag of diamonds and now has to— use her underworld contacts in early 90s Atlantic City, which which is a very specific, horrifying time to get out of the city alive. But it's also, as much as it's a mystery, it's this great portrait of the sex worker world and how, you know, they, it's, you know, sex work is often uh, depicted as, and yes, there is human trafficking involved, but there's also people that like... Hey, I choose my – this is what I want to do, and this is what she wanted to do, and then she became a writer. So wow. she's like – and it's, it's just so startling. It's this world I've never seen. I just – you know, I don't know any of this stuff, and it's amazing yeah. how she – and the art is gorgeous. Hit me. Krista Faust, AWA Publishers. Go find it. Amazing. Uh, and then movies. Um, actually, uh, kind of interesting that we were ta- – what we were talking about earlier, there's a documentary from 2019. You can watch it for free right now on Canopy. Called Cream – America's only rock and roll magazine. It's a
2: yes, documentary cream
1: about Cream magazine. Cream! Cream magazine um, was this amazing anti Rolling Stone. It's where Lester Bangs came out yep. of. It's where um, uh, all these guys. Uh, it's where they 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 claim the term punk rock was invented. Oh, I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, yeah, and the the documentary is amazing. Just a bunch of ornery, mean, funny assholes out of Detroit writing a rock and roll magazine and ripping apart whatever was huge, and trying to elevate, you know, the New York Dolls, are, you know, fuck Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, these guys are, so. What was the
2: Bob Guccione Jr. magazine? Huh, uh, Crawdaddy?
0: No, wasn't it, um.
2: Didn't he have a music magazine? Jr.? I'm sure
1: he did. Well, he uh-huh. had that weird science magazine, Omni. He, that was oh, Bob yeah, Guccione. Yeah. Omni was his I magazine. I not know that. Yes, it was. Wow.
2: Isn't that weird? That is really weird.
1: And then he had and penthouse was his porn. That was right, the penthouse. basis of his empire. Yeah, yep. but he spun off all these other publications, oh. Um and um, and he was also trying to do like we're doing hard hitting reporting too. A uh, new Yuri Andropov is the new head of the USSR. But we've done. I just remember
2: Axel never. Rose mentions him in that song that he wanted to beat the living shit out of him, <laughs> challenged him to a f- get in the ring. I think it was called.
1: Wow. Um, so, yeah, so those are the things. Anything that you're um, looking at right now? Books, movie, I'm, music?
2: I'm, I'm watching uh, Severance. Oh, oh
1: yeah, God. we're watching
0: Severance. We haven't seen the latest episode. No spoilers.
1: I, I, I tweeted out, it's, it's, it's one of those shows that I look forward to and I also dread. Yeah, it's I got dread a very
0: anxiety producing feeling to it, but this yeah. art direction is incredible. The wardrobe is incredible, I the directing it. is phenomenal. The acting, John Turturro and Christopher Walken, Everybody. and oh my god, Adam Scott, all of them, they're doing a great job. And yeah, I can't wait to see what is happening. I want to know what's up.
1: And then also, of course, uh, it's all the episodes are on HBO Max right now.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, DC's Peacemaker. Oh my god. So it a, is. That's
2: the, probably the best show on TV. That's the best right show now. on TV. <laughs>
0: Honey, you know what's exciting? You know what I think we
2: I'm should biased. do? I'm biased. You yeah. know what I think
0: we should do? What? I think we should end this episode and come back again for more Steve Agee because yeah. we can't oh, yeah. fit all we the can't fit of the goodness.
1: So much. Is. You know that? That's. I'm. I'm. That's why I put that there. We're dangling it out for next week, but but beyond whatever we're about to talk about, it is a genuinely brilliant, heartfelt. I can't believe I'm saying heartfelt. There are touching moments Fully, yeah. in the middle yeah. of some of the most offensive the shit I've ever seen. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll be back. We'll see you next week with a little more Steve Agee because you can't fit him in one episode.
0: No, he's too good.
1: He's too good. Good. good.
0: There's too much stuff. But thanks for listening and have a great week. And um, you'll hear us on Tuesday. Thank
2: you. Bye. 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 Every podcast says, Bye. 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 Bye.
0: This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald.
1: In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At
0: gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.